Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. It is a doctrinal truth that we all depend upon the Holy Spirit. We know that it is he who gives us new birth, is at work in our lives making Christ real and enabling growth to take place. But how much do we depend on the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? And to use an oft used phrase about church life, if the Holy Spirit left the building, would anybody notice? Well, I'm joined this week by Paul Harcourt. He is the Vicar of All Saints, Woodford Wells, Essex. He's also the New Wine Regional Director of London and East. And with his wife, Becky, and John and Jenny Peters from St Mary's Brinestone Square, he heads up the Third Person Stream at New Wine. Under the banner of Third Person, they also run seminars and day courses at various times during the year, with the aim of restating the centrality of ministry in the power of the Spirit. So welcome, Paul, to Leadership Farm. Thank you, Annie. It's good to be with you. Um, Your journey to Christian service, first of all? Well, I'm one of those people who grew up in church. Mm. I can't remember a time when I wasn't in church. Mm. But um, my my journey has been through various church traditions. Mm. Grew up in the more uh, Catholic end of the church, this sort of high church thing, Mm. and had a real experience of God in that. Um, Became very aware, really, of the holiness of God. Mm. Uh, But quite often, really, with the implication that God was quite a long way away. Mm -hmm. And um, it was only really uh, when I went to university, as it is for so many people, (laughs) that... um, you know, my faith came alive. I met Christians who emphasized mm. uh, reading the Bible and um, really came to understand how to have a relationship with God. Mm. Fairly quickly found myself involved in leadership and um, in mission and outreach. Mm. And, and that led on again fairly quickly again to this idea of um, just getting a, a glimpse of what the church could be. Mm. And I know for many people... Um, you know, they sort of say, you know, did you ever get a call to Christian ministry? And I, sometimes people think of that as being a bit like Jeremiah. You know, you were set apart from birth. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a lot more like Isaiah. You, Isaiah saw something and the Lord said, who will go? And he said, well, I'm here, use me. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit like that for me, really. I think all the different experiences of church I was having, mm-hmm. I kept looking at it and thinking this. That's For me, that's not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And I felt God saying, well, what are you going to do about it? And um, so very quickly ended up uh, going forward for selection for ministry. I think I was 20 when I went to the, mm, the conference well. and started training a couple of years after that. And um, yeah, but was ordained at the age of 24 and have worked in a number of places since mm. then. So it was ordained, worked on the, um, the outskirts of Birkenhead in a council estate area. And then um, 1995, my wife Becky and I were called down to, mm. to Woodford, where we've been now for 20 years, five years running the daughter church of the parish, and then the last 15 as, as the vicar. Oh, wow. And um, where, where were you studying when, when university? Uh, well, as a university, I was at Cambridge, and then I did mm-hmm. my uh, theological training in Oxford, where I met John Peters. I see. Uh, so we go back a, a long way. Sure, sure. Uh, and and uh, part of your introduction to the healing, of course, was, was involved in football with John, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It's one of those strange stories where you think, I, I wish I could have a, you know, a better story of how I came <laughs> to experience the power of God. But it was as simple and as trivial as um, I I started playing football every week for the college team. I'd forgotten to take shin pads with me to college. And so I came off the pitch every week with so many injuries that I I knew I wasn't playing again for another week or two. But um, people would pray for me. And it's trivial, it's simple, but it's undeniable. Every single week I was healed. I'd played a lot of football, so I knew how long it took to heal from those things. Uh, And... 
it was just very real for me. And I suppose I realized out of that experience that, mm. you know, if, if it matters to us, it matters to God. Mm. You know, as a good father, he wants to bring good gifts into our lives. Mm. And, and it opened me up to this understanding that God was um, intimately involved with us mm. and had power to change things. And of course, you know, a miracle is a miracle is a miracle. So whether it's small or large, mm. if he can do one thing, he can do another. Mm. And I just started praying for people. And over the years, I've, I've seen people with much more worthwhile and worthy <laughs> things that need healing healed. Mm. Um, but we've also experienced the, the flip side of that as well. We, mm. We've prayed for people who um, you look at everything. Everything in you says, you know, if anybody was going to be worthy of healing, this person yes. needs healing. Mm. And we've experienced disappointment in, in our own life as well. Becky and I have a couple of children, and our oldest is autistic. Mm. And we've prayed for him for many times. But we keep praying for people because we see the power of God mm. in so many ways when we pray for people. We, we know we don't need to see it in 100% of situations. Mm. Mm. Some of those we live with, some of them we see gloriously transformed. Uh, but in all of it, there's this sense of the goodness of God and the love of God that breaks through. Mm, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and, and describe All Saints uh, Woodford Wells for us. Well, in many ways, it's your, it's your typical church. Um, it's it's bigger than a lot of churches. Um, I inherited a large church already from my predecessor, Michael Cole. And um, it was a church that had been well taught. It's a church that had been in renewal for a number of years. But probably a church that was um, not sure about how to go on next. And um, what I think has happened over the last 15 years or so is that we've come into a new season of the spirit. Mm. Um, we're a church with a range of styles and all the ages. Mm. So you, you'll come and you'll find um, that most people can find a welcome that, and feel comfortable there. You know, mm. we welcome everybody, but, you know, many churches, you sort of say it's probably not the church for you. But mm. we've managed to keep a, quite a lot of breadth, but keep that centrality of, of Jesus and an awareness of his presence mm. amongst us by the Holy Spirit. And um, somebody asked me recently, you know, what, what was the, the spirituality of our church? And it, it caused me quite a lot of soul searching because, you know, as somebody who preaches and teaches there more than anybody mm. else, I, I ought to know that, you know, because <laughs> what's the culture we're trying to create? And it came to me that really what God has been saying to us over the years is about it is essentially about having a spirituality of love. Mm. And biblically, love is all about self-giving. And I think what he's done amongst us is build a culture of um, self-giving, sacrificial love. And that, that's expressed really in two ways. It's dependence upon him and overflow to the, those around mm. us, which mm. is really the essence of the great commandment, isn't it? To mm. love God with all that we are, but also to love others as we would want to be loved ourselves mm. so you know those two things dependence upon God and overflow we're always saying we're blessed to be a blessing and we want to give away what God has given us so mm. so I think it's it's a church that's um, tried in its own way to be very generous in, in giving away the good things that God's given to us mm, wonderful it sounds like if you're if you're in the area that's a good place to, <laughs> good place to head welcome. for if you're not <laughs> if you're not uh, currently attached to anywhere I, I suggested in my introduction that that most Christians affirm the importance of the spirit uh, but it, it, you feel that it needs to be restated in the third person stream at new wine and also other ministry why, why do you think that is what's I think it needs to be restated because I recognise how often I need to remind myself. Um, New Wine is a, a movement of churches, a network of leaders mm. um, that has been born out of the um, the experience of the power of the Spirit, the ministry of Jesus, mm. um, bringing 
intimacy with God and the power of God together into the local mm. church setting. But, you know, we com- constantly need to be revisiting those things mm. and, and looking at the the foundation of our movement, looking at what we learnt and what we received and make sure we're still valuing it and in experiencing mm. it and pressing into it. And I know in my own life, um, I think it's true of all of us, especially maybe as leaders as well, mm. there's a tendency to do things in our own strength mm. and from our own learnt experience. Um, we just had a fantastic weekend with um, Dr. Michael Brown from mm-hmm. North Carolina, leads the Fire mm-hmm. School of Ministry. And uh, one of the things he said was, left to ourselves, we pray less, not more. Right. Yeah. And that rang true. Yeah. I, I, re- I recognize that in as a leader, in the way that I lead. You know, so easy for us to get to a position where our dependence upon God becomes more and more theoretical. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what we need to do is we need to be um, living lives of faith, which are lives of increasing risk, mm. because if God doesn't come through for us, then nothing's going to happen. Mm. You know, we want to we live in a way that can't be explained by our own gifts and strengths. Mm. We want to live in a way that causes people to see God at work in our midst. Mm. And I think for, for a lot of reasons, um, people come back from that position. Maybe it's a natural human default position mm. to to focus again in our own selves and our own strengths and maybe it's also um, the experience of disappointment because a lot of people have made a start into these things and then disappointment comes you know we hit things where you know a prophecy is given that's not good Mm. or um, we pray for healing for a very worthy cause and and we don't Mm. see healing Um, or all those different sorts of things you know we we find it hard to go on with things of the spirit and of course when disappointment comes we often end up accommodating our theology to our experience. Mm-hmm. And the poverty of our experience drives us to a, a lower expectation. And we, we find ourselves living a dynamic of church life that's very different from the one that we read about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And and for some conservative people with a conservative background who suddenly get open to the Spirit, they sometimes will say, actually uh, this has caused me more problems than yes because now I've had an expectation of God to do something and I'm more disappointed than I used to be when I didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah but that, that is the tension of the Christian life yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean I, I can relate to that in many ways mm. because I I brought myself theologically into a charismatic mm. position through mm. reading the scripture. The, yeah. the reason I'm a charismatic is because of what the Bible teaches mm. and the what I see as being the normative experience of the, Holy, uh, of the early church mm. and um yeah, it is that position of tension, um, but but I see that in the life of the Apostle Paul, you know, that tension between the now and the not yet and, mm. you know, treasures but in jars of clay, um, mm. all of that tension with, with knowing that Jesus has the victory, but we also need to go through many hardships to enter mm. the kingdom of heaven, yeah, you know. Yeah. Sure. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Paul Harcourt. Paul is the Vicar of All Saints at Woodford Wells, but also part of the... Uh, the third person stream at New Wine and we'll be back just after this Welcome back to the Leadership File with me Andy Peck I'm joined this week by Paul Harcourt he's the Vicar of All Saints at Woodford Wells in Essex we've uh, been talking before the break of uh, uh, of, of Paul's involvement with uh, the, the, the third person stream at New Wine and uh, other ministries that uh, the third person put on seminars and day courses and and really this whole business of of focusing upon our need for for god to as it were to show up to to be to to uh, be very 
powerfully present in our in our personal lives and also the life of the, of the church and and third person has been um, focusing particularly on restating uh, the centrality of the ministry and the power of the spirit so how does this kind of work out for you at in the church that you serve in terms of giving this space to, to god well it's an interesting one I, I think um in many ways um you know all of the christian life is mm. impossible without mm. the presence and power of the holy spirit yeah, yeah. um so it's just really drawing a focus to that and expressing our dependence upon god in mm. in various ways it would be quite easy for us to run a program it'd be quite easy for us to become quite slick and professional in all that we do uh, and we want to bring our best to the lord but without him it's not worth it at all and you you know you began by using that quote about you know if the holy spirit was withdrawn mm-hmm. withdrawn from church life would anyone notice mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that we we're, we're in a position where we're constantly stepping out and expressing our dependence on god mm-hmm. so just in practical ways i i would say that it's quite a key for us in our worship mm-hmm. that we we want to emphasize that worship is an encounter with the living god mm. and his risen presence amongst us so we worship in in a perhaps a more sustained way because it it takes longer often for us to focus and to mm. to be able to um adjust ourselves and our our own sensitivities mm. to the presence of god uh, we want to make sure that when we talk about the great promises of scripture that tell us about what god's done that we offer prayer ministry for people to receive those things and experience them and in a sense everything can be received by faith just when we hear the word but mm. the reality often is that um god has put us in a body he's called us to depend upon each other and it's mm. very helpful for us to pray for each other to actually experience the mm. the fullness and the reality of those things mm. so we make sure that prayer ministry is threaded through all of our services and offered ev- uh, after every service as well we believe that god speaks um we believe he speaks through his word but you know in me preparing to preach i don't think i'm the only person that can be inspired mm. so we want to allow space for god to speak within the services and there are a variety of ways in which that can you know can happen mm. like one of the keys i think as well is that you know being charismatic it's it's not just about when we meet you know the the in many ways this is a vision for helping everybody in the church to understand who they are in Christ mm. you know if we know our identity in him we know our authority in him then um we're we're equipped to serve him and the whole point of this really for me is that we are involved with god mm. in bringing the kingdom jesus said the kingdom's here but he also taught us to, taught us to pray for it to come mm. and he taught us to work for it to come and um we want to see church as a time when we gather we're reminded of his greatness we're given a fresh vision we encounter him again and then we're sent again not away from him but sent with him to go with him and join in with what he's doing so the gathering really is is a time for um releasing kingdom bringers into every walk of life and every part of culture so i think that shapes a, a quite distinctive approach to how you do church the church is not a place where we go to withdraw from the world it's a place where we go to meet the lord so that we can then join in with him again in the transformation of the world wonderful wonderful um you you mean obviously you're passionate about this are you kind of arguing that maybe every church should be a charismatic church in you you know using a small c perhaps 
Well, yes, I'm glad you put it that way because <laughs> every church is charismatic. Yes. Yep, the risen Jesus gives gifts to his church. Mm. So all of us are equipped and mm. all of us have a calling and mm. um, the Lord wants to use all of us. None of us is superfluous. Mm. You know, we're all a gift to the body and, and part of that gift is to be a gift to the wider world as well. Mm. But I think there's there's two questions really that perhaps focus on some of the distinctive traditions within the church. Mm. One is... Okay, if every church is charismatic and Jesus has given gifts, do we use them? Mm. Do we know how to use them? Do we know mm. about them? Mm. You know, there's lots of things in the scripture uh, where we're, we're reminded not to be ignorant. Mm. You know, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual mm. gifts. Mm. I want you to eagerly desire to put these things into practice in mm. the setting of corporate worship. So do we use them? And I suppose as well, the bigger question for me over the last few years is... Um, what is it to be a disciple? Mm. I guess I probably grew up under the understanding that a disciple was a, a student or a learner or a follower, but I've shifted increasingly over the years to seeing discipleship as much more apprenticeship. Mm. Discipleship is disciple-making, mm. um, and it, it's, it struck me with incredible force that Jesus appears from the beginning to have wanted to reproduce his ministry in the disciples Mm. Um, in Mark chapter 3 when it talks about the call of the disciples there it says that Jesus called to him those he wanted and they came to him Mm. that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach the kingdom Mm. to have authority to drive out demons and uh, later it says to heal the sick and adds that into the equation as well and for me that discipleship is, is about coming to him intimacy, abiding and then going and the going is an involvement in uh, preaching the same message that he preached which is the closeness of the kingdom and doing the same works that he did to illustrate the closeness of the kingdom so if that is discipleship that's what we as leaders should be teaching and training every member of the church Mm. to be involved in in whatever way is appropriate for them it sounds sounds terrific sadly too often people stop at the head knowledge side of discipleship so it's getting doctrinally correct so that you can articulate a message but not the powerless element I mean not that that's without power but you know what I'm saying what I'm saying is that there's not an expectation that disciples will will heal the sick yeah I, I think that's um, again I think that comes often out of a default theology mm. that's based on our experience mm. and um, for all of us whatever tradition we come from mm. As we read the Bible, we, we discover a reality that we're not yet fully living in, and we're called to grow into it. Mm. Um, and for me, this sort of journey of um, moving on in renewal, being open to the Spirit, has just become increasingly something about um, constantly resetting my vision of God and realizing that my vision of God is too small, yeah. that, that when we think we've got him understood and we've got him in a box, he just escapes from it and shows mm. us something new. Yeah. And, um, yeah... It, I, th- I think if we expect to be living a life that has a dynamic that's different from that the early church enjoyed, then we should be asking ourselves what's changed. Uh, the reality is it's probably us that's changed rather than God. One of my first experiences of what you're talking about was, was attending New Wine some years ago um, and coming to the third-person stream. Can you describe for listeners who are unfamiliar with, I mean, New Wine, you might just briefly describe as camping with you know with large tents, uh, you know, kind of marquees where people can come and listen and 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 worship together. Um, but the the actual stream that you run, just describe the kind of things when you say to you know you you say we're waiting on God. 
what sometimes God does in those times. Yes, well, um, like you say, new wine, a lot of people will know of new wine through perhaps the worship stream that we run or uh, they'll know of new wine through the summer conferences. Um, The summer conferences really are a gathering of all of those churches and leaders that are part of that movement through the year as well. And when we gather, it's, you know, we we gather down uh, Shepton Mallet the last few years and um, there's often 14,000, 15,000 people on site each week. So they're great celebrations, but within that, a lot of teaching and a real emphasis on the the ministry of God. So not just the teaching of uh, learning, but actually experiencing, receiving, encountering. And third person particularly is a um, a stream where we've tried to, to emphasize that. Um, and that's probably, I think, because the the need of the church is is not really or not simply for more teaching. Mm. Although we always need to be reminded and we always need to unpack truth a little bit more deeply. The reality is that lots of Christians have heard teaching, heard Mm. teaching about healing, but they don't pray for the sick. Mm. They heard teaching about prophecy, but they don't know how to hear God. So third person really is um, about putting things into practice. And it's um, about coaching people um, to, to realize that these supernatural things are actually fairly natural for Christians. Mm-hmm. They're things that we can um, begin to experience from the, the beginning of our conversion, and we can grow in if we understand them, recognize them, and develop models. So um, third person, very practically, is about encouraging people. It's about modeling things. It's about equipping people. Uh, we do a lot of testimony so people's faith can be built up. We do a lot of hands-on practical prayer ministry. And I was really struck recently. In some of the third-person events through the year I've been doing, Mm. I've been teaching a lot out of um, Peter walking on water, and uh, uh, Matthew 14. And um, when Peter walks on water, I always used to see that as just a a thing about faith and a thing about Peter. But I I kind of increasingly think that Jesus is calling his whole church to be involved in supernatural things. Mm. And if Peter had not heard the voice of the Lord, he wouldn't have stepped out. Mm. If his head had been so stuck on the logical and the rational, he wouldn't have stepped out. And if his heart had been so stuck on his inability to trust Mm. and to make himself look foolish and vulnerable, he wouldn't have stepped out. And those probably are the three big barriers. Mm. The barriers often for us getting involved in things are just recognizing what the Lord is doing, having heads that are prepared to believe in the miraculous Mm. and having hearts that are prepared to trust and release ourselves to God, Mm. not be so self-protective as to, you know, uh, think that we have to go in a crowd, but we we can step out and trust God. And that's the sort of thing that we're doing in third person is we're building up the the level of understanding, of encouragement and healing and Mm. security that will help people take steps into a maybe something slightly more supernatural than they've been used to before well um, as, a, as a punter um, you're doing really really good job so just to commend you on that um, as uh, any particular writers thinkers that have helped you personally in terms of this whole stuff well I think for me um, I've been around it now for 25 years and um, really for me John Wimber was mm. was the you know the vineyard movement that for was mm. the catalyst of it for, for me as it was for many leaders and I, I still think Wimber has an awful lot to teach us. I think his books are timeless. Mm. I think um, some of the emphases he brings on how we can grow in these things are really important. But also, I think what was what was so refreshing about Wimber was this this sense of 
uh, the purpose behind the giving of the gifts. Mm. You know, these are gifts for service. It's, mm. It is about the mission of God. And um, so the modern writers that particularly resonate with me, I've been really blessed by people like Robbie Dawkins, mm-hmm. Alan Scott, Mark Marks, you know, people that are talking about how we can uh, be involved in these sorts of things in the ministry of Jesus, but they're really, they're really simple. It is all about simplicity. You know, there are very few long, wordy prayers of Jesus mm-hmm. in these power encounter mm-hmm. moments. They're, they're normal, uh, normally simple expressions of God's compassion and of command and authority. Mm-hmm. So those people really relate, uh, resonate with me because um, the gifts are tools for mission. And um, going back to the early days of New Wine, there was a phrase that we used to throw around a lot, which is the meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come together as a church... That's not the context where we use gifts. That's the context where we practice, where we train, so that we're then equipped to go and serve God in the world. And um, those who do step out, they find actually that the supernatural gifts often operate much more powerfully on the fringes of the church. You know, I've lost times, uh, lost count of the number of times when you know, we've been through a dry patch in healing in our church's Sunday services, but we're seeing all sorts of things happening in the Alpha Course or with healing on the streets. Mm. and You know, that, I think, is a sign that the Spirit is always wanting us to go out with Jesus in mission. Wonderful. Well, you've been listening to Leadership Fire. Andy Paco is joined this week by Paul Harcourt. Paul is a vicar of All Saints, uh, Woodford Wells, Essex, and part of the third-person uh, stream at New Wine. Uh, you can, uh, I guess, Google third-person, and you'd get to hear about your future stuff coming up yep probably best to look at the website of St Mary's London St Mary's London stmarysLondon.com or my own church All Saints Woodford Wells aswww.org.uk fantastic well do uh, tune in again uh, next Sunday at 3.30 for the Egypt file thanks for your company today good You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.